Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare, Peter Coghill and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing anniversaries. Okay, gentlemen, I've got, uh, got a date for you. Apologies if I, I might get a bit emotional here. Okay. Um, are you ready? Yeah. 22nd of April, 2016. It's etched on all our hearts. Yeah, exactly. When I die, cut me over and engrave there <laughs> on my heart will be Cognitive Engineering Podcast. Okay. Because um, that was the day, as, as well, I don't need to tell you this or, or even our listeners, that was the day that the first ever episode of the Cognitive Engineering Podcast was released to the world to great acclaim that has only grown to a crescendo where we are now. Who knows what's going to happen next? A group of young, fit, unshaven, unbearded youths sat down in the living room and yeah, uh, with, recorded a podcast. With yeah. hope in their eyes. Imagine where we'll be in another well, five Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, Immedi- yeah. Immediately after the listeners hear that, they yawn and roll their eyes. That's what happens next. <laughs> that's what we want. Well, they've been doing that for the last five years, so, yes, so that's yeah. good. Um, I, can, I, can, I could give you loads of stats. Um, I'm just going to give a couple. Um, this is at the time of recording. This is our this is our 241st episode. No. Um, way. Yeah, and um, we're just shy of a hundred thousand plays. Yeah, so people actually listen. To- listen to the stuff that we go on about yeah but that's um, me listening to it over and over again to, yeah. to hear the sound of my own voice on a permanent loop yeah so there we go but um yeah so it's our anniversary yay happy birthday what we want to talk about is anniversary well sort of i mean look i think well, we could just talk about time us. well we can we can i think we're gonna bat around a few ideas i've got yeah. some yeah. um some things about just looking back on the podcast, right? Mm. This is our quinquennial anniversary, right? And looking back at those early episodes, I think they used to be quite a bit shorter. They were about 15 mm. to 20 minutes compared to mm. 25 to 30 minutes now. Mm. And the other thing I've noticed is that I think we, we it didn't take us very long to find our voice, you know, our mm. collective voice. Mm. But the early ones are quite formal and a bit informational. Mm. It's always like we're delivering information to people rather than discussing a topic. And I think we probably felt like we were we needed to sort of justify our existence. Yeah, exactly. You know, spreading info rather than rather than sort of, I guess, asking questions and having debates about stuff, which is a bit more what we do now. But um, uh, do you want to know some things that happen every five years? Uh, You change your underpants. (laughs) (laughs) Nowhere near as frequent as that. (laughs) Yeah. Go on. Presidential elections in Ukraine and Portugal and European parliamentary elections. The publication of the Bogoslovska Smotra, which is one of the oldest theology journals in the world. You're probably quite familiar with it. Yeah, Uh, I've got a subscription. Started in 1910, published once every five years Mm, in Croatian. So yeah. you have to really be a Croat, I think, to, to really enjoy it. It's that. one of the oldest oldest theology, theology journals, journals in the world. Yeah. And it was published in 1910. Started in 1910. That, yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't sound very old. But yeah, but I, mean, I mean, journals. How many journals were there in the world, you know, back in the, the 19th Lancet. century? Yeah. But that's not mostly about theology. Anyway, um, Seventh-day Adventist General Conference session once every five years. The Lustrum. 
You remember the Lustrum Fraser, you know, from uh, Rome? Uh, when there's, no, when there's this, five there's yearly... this sort of they when they change it's not tribunes is it tribunes was every year but uh yeah, it's, it... it's the census and we've just had a census in real life so we should have a lustrum but it's a ritual sacrifice and the uh a couple of things uh, sort of there, there was also the quinquennia neronia which was this enormous festival held for nero but that only happened twice because he was then obviously uh, scrubbed from history by the Romans. And then the quinquennial visit ad limina, which is apparently you have to go, if you're a certain rank in the church, you've got to go and visit the tombs of the apostles every five mm. years. So anyway, I wondered if there's any significance to five years aside from those exciting things. And indeed, whether there's any significance to the year, really, you know, yeah. as a way of I measuring mean, stuff. Does it feels it make to me sense? like things, things cyclically, go it seems going four four years seems to be more um you know you think olympics world cups mm. uh, u.s presidential elections um, what's that is it because then the maths is a little bit easier because you know if it, it's sort of oh it's an even number it must be the world cup or the olympics but hold on mm. yeah i mean hold on before we even get into four years versus five years why a year now in one sense of course we know why um but I mean, that's no, really what we're... it's a good question, right? So I yeah. had a look at this. Turns out the year is the length of time it takes the Earth to orbit the sun. Did you know no. that? No. But no, the thing no, is... That's a no. coincidence. That, but it? the thing is, right, I because I thought to myself, look, I know, I'm pretty sure... Wait, stop. Interesting yeah. fact, right? So it's... it's Go on. A, 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 a day on Venus is longer than a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Nick, go on. Well, see, now I'm, I'm pretty confident that if I was a, a you know, prehistoric man, I would pretty quickly get to grips with the day-night cycle. I would get the hang of that. I'd notice yeah. it got light and then it got dark. But I'm not sure. I don't have confidence that I would necessarily be able to spot the recurrence of the pattern of the seasons. Um, you know, even in the you, Northern Hemisphere, you, where it clearly gets kind of colder... And then it gets kind of warm. You wouldn't notice you, you, that. You might not, but I think your DNA would. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You reckon? Without, yeah, well, yeah, without that. You How would my I DNA know? I think it's fairly fundamentally baked in, this, the, the change of the seasons into all of, all of life on, on the planet. But I, I wonder if you didn't have the clocks to measure the length of the day, you might just sort of go... Mm, well, it's been a bit cold for a while, and uh, you know, and it's the it seems a bit darker, but I'm um, I'm not really sure the, if that's just the first me. couple of times round you might, but after that, I reckon you'd 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 pick it up, and your survival would have, would have depended. Would have depended. Yeah. yeah. On it. Well, anyway, I mean, look, calendars have been invented by lots of different civilizations, so we can assume that somewhat bright spark in uh, in the prehistoric age would have spotted it at some point. Obviously, megalithic structures suggest that um, uh, you know you don't need the scientific method or modern astronomical tools to be able to discover the concept of the year, even if the explanation might have uh, might have escaped us. But do you, here's now. Do you know? Uh, how seasons work in the equator because northern hemisphere obviously yes. we've got a hot and a cold season now you tell me how seasons work in the equator well, isn't i mean it, isn't it it's not rain... just a question of latitude though but yeah go on go on chris well i was going to say don't don't well no the, the kind of tropical regions have have three seasons don't they they sort of have a summer a winter and a wet a wet phase 
depends um, where well apparently if you're in the equator it's this whole rainy season thing which they, they yeah. always people always talk about oh don't go to you know bogota it's the rainy season and i i just i deep down i don't really believe it i mean the stats are there it's true it's a fact but how can it be rainy for a season that doesn't make sense i, I like i just don't understand that and and um but it is right it, that's true there are rainy seasons but do you mm. know why mm, not really does anyone know why that happens Don't, doesn't it strike you as weird that you can have a season made up of one type of weather my, well, my guess would be that it's when the earth presents to the sun the greatest amount of sea so that it's the the atmosphere the atmosphere around the tropical regions is that is most saturated with water vapor well apparently no it, there is this th- yes well there is a thing called the intertropical convergence zone which i honestly had never heard of but it's a band of clouds and rain that circles the earth. But because of it is to do with the tilting, but this band moves up and down. So depending on where you are, mm. you're going to move into and out of this band as the mm. as the year goes around. But the uh, I saw some an interesting article that someone had written online about um, are there any places with one season? And apparently there are a very select few places on Earth you can go where there aren't really any seasons at all. Um, and uh, one of them is northern Brazil. Really? Yeah. Apparently, if you go to the rainforest, in fact, this is where rainforests are, apparently. Uh, yeah. It's sort of warm, moist places. Um, yeah. And Congo and Indonesia, they don't mm. really have uh, have seasons. And so I was interested in this. And I thought, well, have people who live in Indonesia invented calendars? Um, and so I looked at the Javanese calendar. Mm. It's mental. It's excellent, right? It's really good. Mm. It's got loads of different weird ways of adding up different things that all run out of sync with each other. Mm. But the most interesting thing to me was that the Javanese day is divided mm. into 10. Dodecadrons or whatever. You, yeah, wow, okay, yeah, it is. Bringing us nicely back to the podcast. They've been listening so, to the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there we are. It's all come full circle. Wait, hold on. Where, where are we going with this? Because yeah, nowhere, what, really. we, what do we want to discuss? I think what we want to discuss is... What is an anniversary? How useful are anniversaries? Are there alternatives? Um, is a year meaningful? Is five years or ten years? Is it meaningful? Like, should we get? Should we? Is there anything we should in real life that that is different? Because because the podcast has been going for five years. Yeah, or know? five days if you're a, a Venusian. Um, yeah, um, Chris, you were going to say something. Or yeah, actually, I, was, or, I was just going to say. I mean, the thing that interests me about. Um, about celebrating an exact year or or in fact calendars themselves is is why we moved from so you know the the for humans to operate in in the natural world you you need to know when the seasons are and you need to be able to predict when to do certain things but by and large you don't need to do it on the basis of an exact day Right. So I, I still, I, you know, I know why this was, uh, why calendars were, uh, or, or why we wanted to keep track of, of years and why certain particular events like solstices or, uh, or equinox, you know, the equinox um, were, were kind of key, key markers in that, that cycle of a year. But why you would want to know it was whatever it was, the 22nd of, of April, uh, uh, when we started our podcast, that's the bit that's the bit that that baffles me. I mean, I'm ve- I'm very sensitive to the seasons. You know, I, I I kind of fairly obsessively watch the sunrise move. You know, round and and back again over the over the year. Uh, you know, there's always that 
there's always that day in in September, you know, quite a, quite a sort of poignant day when you know mm. summer is summer is over, mm. and and likewise that day in kind of March or April where suddenly you feel that that you know buoyancy of of you know the coming the coming spring and so on. I, I think it, but, I think the, but, the need the need for precision boils down to something akin to when you were a druid, when you were going to organise your massive piss up on the summer solstice, right exactly it's, you need it's, precision so it's but, about, that, but that's that, but that, that's a flippant example of like well when we started governing ourselves when we started organizing and planning ourselves in order to coordinate you need precision yeah, and is, back in the day it, days would have been about right that it is it is it is about um i, I mean obviously you know the 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 kind of the early anniversaries were all about deity celebration right or you know religious religious festivals and I guess, you know, you if you wanted everybody to turn up to your village, you know, you'd better make sure it was the same it was the same day. Otherwise, you know, people would overstay their welcome and you you know, more nomadic cultures wouldn't be able to coordinate things. So um so I guess it boils boils down to that. But but in a sense, I think this is quite relevant because I think the very kind of the reason to know specific days is probably related to you know the need to keep anniversaries of of some kind or to be able to set celebratory events that that multiple you know um dispersed people turn up to um i want to hear from peter but before i do i i'm, I'm not even sure because i think chris you really answered your own question there which is you were talking about your own habits in watching the seasons go by certain things and then peter came in and said yeah well sometimes you need it to be more specific but I just think it's just a natural. I'm not sure if it's that. I think that 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 wanting a uh, that desire for a specific date is just a, a natural extension of what you're talking about, which is you just want to know when stuff happens. And I'm you know I'm alive for however many years. So this happened at this time, and that I, I just think it's fairly natural. Um, anyway, um, Peter, um, beyond what you said about the specificity, um, anything well, you want to uh, well, weigh I in think, with here? Well, I think I think our sort of appreciation of the seasons is probably pretty fundamental as i mentioned earlier so the, the 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 we've we've evolved on a planet that's had seasons so that's always been there as a constraint or an opportunity as species develop so species behavior and their physiology will have adapted to maximize their chance of survival during any given season um so it's sort of you know look, you look at trees uh, deciduous trees in um in northern and southern climates they 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 go through a physiological change every every year they they drop their leaves and then they regrow them in the new year and that's mm. part baked in part of their physiology and if, mm. if this took the seasons away i think they wouldn't survive or they, well, they that's would, all they very would, well but what are we going to do when we go to mars you're you're a space engineer <laughs> well, how are we going to fix this problem how are we going to grow crops in Mars? If, well, if I think it's got I, well, in terms of, well, in terms of there's human... a good documentary um, which is The Martian. I suggest you watch that. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, the, but the, yeah, no, it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting question because uh, certainly in terms of human physiology and things, um, there are lots of experiments done on what happens if you take the day-night cycle away, if you take the sort of seasonal cycle away, um, and it does have pretty bad detrimental effects on people's ability to operate and they go a bit they go a bit potty if you keep the lights on all the time it turns out um so i, I imagine the same there's probably similar research in uh kind of botany how how would you, how do you need to grow plants in an artificial environment and i suspect they probably turn the lights off 
in order to give the plants a chance to have that night cycle that they that they Mm. Yeah, although, but that's not going to fix it for permanently, is it? I mean, what we want is crops to be growing outdoors <clears throat> in Mars. Yeah, I feel we're going slightly off topic. That... Um, really? Anyway, no, yeah. I thought I thought we were really going to be discussing <laughs> Martian agriculture. Yeah, I didn't. Remember. And by the way, just to add to what I said uh, again, to reference what you said, Chris, and actually just adding on to what I said, actually, it's just a search for meaning. It's just a human psychological desire, isn't it, to mm. make meaning of our own lives? I think that's yeah. all it is. Um, no, and, wait, I, I, I want to pick you up on that because. Yeah, go on. Um, I'm not sure the concept of the same day in different years is necessarily an intuitive one. Like, Say I, that again? Say that again? Well, the idea that, oh, today is the same day, but, 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 but from last year. Like, this thing happened on this day, but last year. Yeah. I don't find, I don't think, now we've got, we've been inculcated to think like that, but I'm not sure that's an intuitively no, obvious I, idea. Like it's a different year. So why would you be thinking that there was a similarity in the day? Yeah. Like this specific day corresponds in some way to the same, to something and, last same, year. I don't, same I, temperature, Chris. I don't, yeah, well, exactly, right? And I don't, I don't even think it's a helpful one. This is sort of what I was, this is sort of what I, what I was, um, you know, getting at, I suppose, indirectly previously is, is, you know, it quite often leads to, um poor decision making right because you, you know you frequently have seen throughout the um throughout the pandemic you know on this day you know the death rate was you know so much higher than it was on the same day last year or you know this day over uh, uh, you know uh, um on average over 5 years and and that kind of direct comparison to it 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 gives this false impression as as Nick was saying that um, you know that the day itself is um, is meaningful in some way, rather than necessarily being representative of you know, say, days from that month. But there, uh, but there is a there. It is meaning. It would be meaningful to say, right, the number of deaths in this winter period this year yeah. was higher than last winter period. Correct. Because deaths are seasonal. So we have we have seasonal flu and various yeah. other things that kill off people uh, yeah. more in winter than in summer. So it is meaningful. So where, where's the line then? You know, is it a week? Is it a month? Is it a, is it a quarter? Where, do, where, is, well, where does it, it become non-meaningful? Well, sort of size of number of days you mean and also the, the rapidity with which whatever you're measuring fluctuates, I, I, I guess, or changes. Here's an idea. Because so I think Peter's talking about the natural concept that we have of a winter, for example. Mm. And Chris was making reference to the day when a thing happens. Let's say let's say we wanted to invent a subjective calendar. What would be the criteria? And so you're not allowed to use any measuring instruments, and that includes clocks, right, to decide when this thing has happened. What would be the 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 things that would mark those days? What, what would you like choose? the cycle of the moon, for example? No, no, because yeah, I don't even think you're allowed to do that. You're not right. really allowed to do much else other than kind of uh, look at your immediate surroundings. So I was just thinking when you mentioned in spring, you know, the way that there is definitely I, I experienced a feeling a couple of uh, weeks ago, which I can only characterize as hope. And I hadn't felt that for a while. And the weather definitely <laughs> helped. And it was sunny. And I thought, hey, this feels different now. It feels like we come out of something. And mm. um, and I and I thought well, that's that might be quite a good one, like the day of hope, which happens each spring, and the day of despair in September when you realise well, everything's not despair, going. Despair. It's a, it's a sort of melancholy. Yeah, melancholy. melancholy. Yeah, yeah. Pizza. It's the day. The day for me is the sort of the the day that you decide. Oh, I can put my winter boots away and get mm. my shorts out. The day, the day of the sort of 
the, 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 the day of the shorts right the day of shorts is definitely a good one I, I think that, that that definitely at some point one day you wake up and you put shorts on and you keep them on then for for weeks just by the way we're talking about I, something you posed uh, nick which was you know what would it be like to, to to transfer from a place that has seasons to a place that doesn't have seasons i think, mm. I think that's what you said and of course i've done that and maybe some of you others have you know because i lived in brazil for a couple of years and and sure enough don't get me wrong I loved the hot weather. I liked it. It was sunny and palms and all that business. But pretty swiftly, I did sort of get a bit sort of first discombobulated, but also a bit sad about where are the seasons, right? And because South Americans are from, like they, did, they only moved there quite recently, right? The last 30,000 years or so. Yeah. And they're from, uh, you know, well, in the indigenous South Americans are from really sort of the north, very that much Asian, the northern hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, of course, yeah. even the sort of, uh, Spanish and Portuguese, they they would be from, uh, you know, from a um, temperate zone. So, so do do you do you think people living in Brazil now have a fight between the weather and their DNA? Like, it, uh, is their DNA longing for winter? That well, never I think I think so, like climactic, um, uh, cert certainly in terms of temperature, uh, physiological changes happen quite quite quickly across across people so people people who are um you know come from one part of the world and are born in another part of the world uh you know can acclimatize differently uh than um th th you know than people from the place that that their ancestors came from quite quite immediately and i think it makes sense if humans if our if those physiological changes in us that are seasonal happen not because we've got a timer, but because they're in response to external stimuli, a bit like trees. You know, trees don't have a timer to decide when to come out in spring. It's based on, you know, changes in temperature that when they happen, the tree responds. And I guess maybe we're the same. Mm. Yeah, go on, Chris. Uh, well, I was just I was just going to say that, you know, Peter's uh, uh, day of day of shorts or whatever. Um, mm. This again, to me, sort of speaks of that day of shorts. It's not always the fourteenth of April, right? right? You know, it's it's sometimes it's sometimes it might be late March, sometimes it might be May till you till, till you put your shorts on, and that's that to me, like that practical calendar and that practical recognition of, of the year is more valuable. I, I'm I'm quite um, quite dispassionate about about dates and anniversaries but, for that reason but, because i don't but, think that i th they feel arbitrary to me but isn't one of the important things about the great um putting on of the shorts <laughs> is that you can compare and go ah hold on this year i'm doing this on may the 21st but i see that last year it was at march the fourth i nearly said march yeah. the 40th march the 14th you know in and so that comparison against you know a set date can be useful look anyway I think we're just kind of meandering and drifting and I know what we all want to get on to um, is talking about us again. Is there anything else we want to say about anniversaries? Anything we want to round this up on? Well, I don't think we've said anything about anniversaries really, but we we've have. had fun. Yeah. We've gone on a okay, journey look, together. Let's cut to the chase. There's still a while to go on this. Um, I want to, let, let's get back to um, um, talking about our anniversary, our fifth anniversary. Um, and I've got a question for you, which you've all pre-prepared, unusually, because usually I just chuck the questions at you, which is, I want to talk about what our favourite, uh, individually, what your favourite episode is from the 200, from that archive, that prestigious archive of 240 episodes. 
everyone's sort of stretching and yawning. I'm a bit worried, a bit worried about this. Does anyone want to launch into this? And I wonder if any of them are the same. Does anyone want to go first to venture an opinion? Well, they're, they're, I think they've all been equally terrible. I mean, excellent. <laughs> uh, I yeah. mean, I, for me, for me, any of them that we criticise, Gavin Williamson is going to be a good start. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's about half of them. Yeah, that's about right. half of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I. Uh, <sighs> If including this one, one now poor yeah yes. op- optimized fruit was quite fun um yeah. that that that's gave, a classic gave listeners and a sort of glimpse into our life insights where you know what it's like to work here where we have heated debates about complete trivia um yeah. but i think the early so that's one of the early that's a fairly early one but the really early ones like AlphaGo, the first one we yeah did, the very first yeah um i think they're quite fun to listen to well it, for me for us they're probably quite fun to listen to because it shows we have definitely, we definitely, we have definitely found our feet after after those ones. You know, we yeah. are different. We, the way we approach this is much different than yeah, yeah. those the early ones. I mean, something that you've just said, and I think Nick said earlier on, something struck me with those early ones. As you say, it sounds very formal actually. And when I'm um, sort of introing it, I just sound. I think it sounds like I think I'm sort of at the BBC in the 1940s or something. Um, yeah, instead we've, of learned, the we've learned that late... no one re- we've learned that no one really cares and no one's going to pick <laughs> us up so we can just pretty much as long as we're not too controversial we can say what we like yeah um, yeah i think i love the fruit one is great because it shows it shows you could i mean i i sort of think how would you answer the question of what's the best fruit without doing it like that like i i, I it's one of those which i'm perennially coming up against you know in projects and things where you think how uh, how would people go about answering this if they weren't doing it l- like this? It like seems so obvious to us that you would want to at least try and define what we think the metrics are that define the goodness of a fruit and then start collecting data on them. Um, yeah. But also what I liked about that was at the end, we all, after having heated arguments about wh- how annoying a mango was, at the end, we all came together and designed the perfect fruit, which yeah. I think was a cube, which contained eight different combinations of sort of sweetness and uh, citric acidity and yeah and i still occasionally find myself hankering after that fruit yeah no quite right but i still get angry about that get on with it yeah i still get angry about that one and your weird obsession with grapes but um was it strawberries i can't remember strawberries Um, came top of my list yeah Uh, let's not reheat let's not rake over that again (laughs) Um, (laughs) chris yeah i think i think my two favorites i we did one about whether or not uh, you should put peas in a bowl. Uh, I think it was called peas on a plate. Um, and uh, but the but the reason I like that one was because it was a, a basically a, um, a a broader discuss. You know, we took something utterly um, trivial and uh, you know almost nonsensical. But from it, you know, I think we we had a broader discussion about, you know, how how do we know which things go go together? Um, so I thought I thought that was quite uh, um, that's quite typical of of uh, you know the the structure that we had. The other one I liked was um, uh, stupid flies, stupid humans. That was about mm. um, uh, the random bounce method. About random random bounce method, yeah, and. Um, and to, because which, which it is largely, not, which is not a kind of, um, it's not a kind of prophylactic family sort of planning technique. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Although it is Sorry, rhythmic, Chris, go on. but um, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, because that felt to me like a, a kind of a bit of a metaphor for my life, really, sort of bouncing around in a 
in a conservatory <laughs> trying to find <laughs> yeah. the window um so so yeah but um yeah, yeah so that's those are my two yeah I, th- I think for me yeah also for me that stands out is the optimized fruit one um and i had also noted down the random bounce the, the fly one i like that one dust as well which was oh, yeah, a dust. Ago, we didn't know or, or what to expect less. from that one and it turned out quite fun i think yeah yeah um and then do you know what though i'm quite susceptible to um whatever happened most recently to me or whatever i heard most recently and i've i've I mean as all you know i edit the podcast as well and i've just finished editing some episodes and we've had some really good ones lately and so i think a highlight is you won't have heard it and our viewers may or may not have heard it i don't know uh, our listeners rather which is um tom tom spence's um can I, masterful um imitation of a dolphin um and so that's a sort of a you know that's a little little, little well we may not have released that one by the time yeah. this one goes out and if we haven't then you know you've got that to look forward to yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um so, so something else i want to ask i mean what do you think um you don't what want do to hear think? what my favorite podcast was or oh anything. did i not ask you no thought, you did ask uh, me but well, you, you never know waited for the answer oh well, because you went on and on like like you have done for five years just yeah. you know go on then nick let's hear it well i made a note of a few he's things, ranked them all themes. in order and he's now going to go through his list i've got a metric uh, he's got well, 17 see, criteria so well um, i have all sort of actually i i've, I've yeah. pulled out some key themes that yeah. i think crop up a lot and yeah and, and just an answer would do you know but never mind yeah. you know what you know what happens uh yeah one thing that comes up actually is inf- is the availability of information that comes up a lot like the fact that we're talking about something and we can't find the right data on it and all the data existed and it's been lost or it was on the internet and it's not anymore and so data availability that's one of the key themes oh, but I, what i really like is when the data that we've found contradicts the narrative or tells you something totally different to the narrative that that is in the news i i think that's one of my favorite things is when you sort of mm. go well everyone thinks this but actually look it's not true the more um, or less moment the issue is about fixing things like when we talk about decision making and, and that sort of how how we, we should think about economic efficiency and how that often contradicts you know what we actually do and how we behave um we're always talking about natural units just like this one like like what's a good way of measuring this thing and how should we divide up a scale into chunks um and um and talking about metric design like the fruit one you know where we sort of try and work out how we would measure something uh, a bit abstract but t- putting all those together my my favorite um episode i think because it was fun it was topical uh it was tinder lies which we were talking about um uh, uh, w- you know what what people said on tinder compared to what was true about them mm. and uh, i loved that because we'd managed to find quite a few bits of data that where people had analyzed you know people's behavior on dating sites and discovered that you know humans all the things we say we do on dating sites and all the things that we say we find attractive are completely belied by all the data you know about what people what people do and um, Nick's so he's got changes that, I, uh, his profile accordingly. and now look he's yeah. got a baby so yeah. um i i, I so it, the, i like that I, I i like the fact it's a very human topic but you know we then look at data about it and produce something quite iconoclastic at the end um which is that's that's my favorite type of episode i think Mm. I mean, I I just like it when we argue a lot about stupid stuff. Yeah, and and the and often those ones where we argue a lot are also, I think, the ones where we uh, the, the, we the push more the boundaries ones. of human knowledge furthest. Yeah, 
Well, we did actually do. There is an episode called Cultures of Debate, which um, right. where we look at, you know, the, the, the fact that some people have a family where just debating is, is, is part of life and isn't considered to be, you know, in any way negative or an attack on anyone just because you're disagreeing with them. And I think we definitely are that kind of culture. I think we're that family. Culture of agreement. Yeah. 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 Or at least that's what I'm going to say here. Um, <laughs> so, look, um, before we finish off, just one more question. I was going to ask, what do you think we're good at um, in our podcast and what do you think we're not good at? I don't we, we've kind of already sort of covered that a little bit. Um, but I could ask, um, you know, what do you think you have? Have you learned anything? Uh, either from the content or the process of of these of producing these podcasts, I think that might be a more interesting question. Uh, are we up for that? And then that will yeah. round us off. Um, yeah. So that's my question. Who wants to leap in? Have we learned anything? Have we taught the world? Uh, no, have we learned anything? Well, about I, it may not. That's what we're like meant it. to be about. <laughs> Listeners probably don't realise this, but I do actually do research for the podcast. Um, and I, I try and uh, admittedly I don't normally have time to do that much. I, I try and do about an hour per episode of just looking up key facts and thinking, mm. you know. So I feel like I've learned a small amount about 250 different things. And I and I love that. I think that's what I really yeah. enjoy about it is that these are things I would never look into. But you, you actually unearth all of these interesting facts. And then I find myself recycling them in other conversations, you know, where you kind of you might be talking about um, about, uh, you know, which Fruit. which fruits are calorific. And you think, well, I know that because I've because I've researched it and uh, it happens an awful lot. So, yeah, mm. I feel like the what I've learned is lots and lots of different interesting things. Yeah um chris yeah i think I, I think for me i've i've sort of learnt um a how how um these kinds of discussions are actually like a mental your own internal mental process because i find you know when i when i'm when we've got a topic or something and i get some time to have a think about it and look at it i invariably end up you know as the internet kind of lends itself to going down some totally irrelevant tunnel, right? Where you, you, you sort of think, oh, that's quite interesting. And then you get sidetracked. And I think these debates work or, or these podcasts work in a similar way in that, you know, ostensibly we think we're going to be, you know, talking about some particular issue. But invariably we, we, um, we go down some, some rabbit hole. But, but the rabbit holes are actually interesting and informative places to, uh, to end up in. Um, mm. Yeah, rabbit and many rabbit holes make a warren. That's right. Wise words, Nick. Uh, Wise words. My old granddad used to say. Um, <laughs> Peter, I don't know why a warren is necessarily a good thing. But <laughs> yeah. They tend not, to undermine not if houses. You're a farmer, it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I've learned that the the whole world of web publication, podcast, and metrics and web hits is utterly baffling and opaque. That's what I've learned. Um, so the mechanics behind the show um, are actually quite simple. So if you want to set up a podcast, it's not that complicated. But the the mechanics of getting Fraser your looks podcast, absolutely aghast. Yeah. Like, Even on, Fraser on. can manage it, frankly. Even <laughs> Fraser <laughs> can manage it. Fraser now does it all, which is great. But the yeah, yeah the whole the world of like how you list a podcast is is baffling. There's like there's no kind of standard. Well, there's standard ways of doing it, but there's no standard place to do it. So you have to do it kind of everywhere. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure we've not optimised it. I think but, I do. I, but, it is worth saying, Fraser, 
that you i think you are an epic podcast host and i know that the whole podcast was your kind of your idea a little bit and you kind of had to poke us into doing it but i really enjoy it and i think you know you the fact you really make the editing and everything look easy you know what it really does you, you can't tell you can't see the edges you can't tell so, how much uh, well crap done. there is that's edited <laughs> <laughs> what people don't realize is the recordings are six hours long that's right and uh, yeah yeah yeah, well, I'm I'm like a swan, right? As in so many things in my life, I'm just like a swan, which is like mm. I can aggressive break a man's and arm. you hiss a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, eats grass. Yeah, lives exactly. in a river. Yeah. <laughs> covered think, in covered in white plumage. Indeed, um, and very yeah, tasty. I mean, yeah, well, only the queen can eat me. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for those kind words, Nick. Um, yeah, look, I think what I've learned is that two things. I think, first of all, actually, for me, it's about meaning and meaningful work. Because as as we've sort of, I don't think, I've, as we talked about, not necessarily in private, but off podcast is, I've certainly mentioned it to you, Peter, is that, you know, of all the work that I do in my life, I think this podcast is actually about the most meaningful that I do. Oh, my God. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Just, Fraser. What a <laughs> but I would like, you know, I'm in 100 years from now, you know, if my you know, one of my grandkids sort of listens to this, and I think they will get a really good... Im- I, 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 I think this will stand up, you know. I think it has, you know, I think it's got integrity to it. That's what I think, right? Because most of the work I do is about you know producing films to make well there's there's a thought fraser maybe this will be being listened to in 500 years yes now how's that for an anniversary um but but the other two by a person it'll be an ai algorithm that's doing a trawl for some history project there might be a whole religion spring up yeah uh, yeah interpreting our words you never know almost certainly no but the other thing is that i think i don't know if it's something i've learned but something i note is that I think I'm different from you three. Um, and I wish I wasn't in some ways. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know what my... I think I think um, one of our podcast guests, which was... Was it Chris Lear or Mikey? I think it was Chris, um, was talking about the differences. This was after the podcast, the differences between us. Basically, you were a bunch of, like, techie geek type people. Um, and I'm not. Um, but I kind of wish I was a bit more techie geeky because now I could have more intelligent conversations. Well, I, um, we accept you one of us. Yeah, so I, I don't know, but, but I think I can also see the value in being a bit bit like me as well, maybe. I don't know, I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of it, really. Um, I mean, Peter, you need to stop crying. You know, it's, I know that we, we, we will be doing more of these. Yeah, this is, you know, I know it's an emotional moment for all of us. Um, yeah, well, there's, there's someone we haven't thanked, and that's our listeners. Yes. So, for staying with us for five years. God, it is getting a bit cringy, though. It's awful, isn't it? Shall we stop? Yeah, I think we need to stop. It's, getting, a bit, it's getting, getting a bit self-referential. So, no, we're not thanking our listeners, right? Let's just be clear about that. Yeah, they, they're no. privileged, frankly. Yes. Yeah. They should be thanking us. Right? Yeah. yeah, they should. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll stop there. Um, okay, so, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, if you've got any thoughts or suggestions for topics, you can email us at podcast at We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, Nick, what should people do? Just uh, stick the finger on that like button. Indeed. Um, and follow us on your chosen streaming service. Thank you, as always, to listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Peter Coghill, Chris Ragg, and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.